Welcome to Prop Talk. I am Chris Call, as usual, uh, Education Chair for the Property Investors Guild, uh, co-hosting today with uh, Mikey Trudell, as usual, uh, Prop Masters Guild member and also IA Property Master. Um, I also want to just take a brief moment to uh, shout out to Mikey and uh, thank him for all of his work with the podcast, which it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Mike. So I just felt remiss if I don't say something about that every once in a while. So, Mikey, thank you. Well, you too. I mean, just it's worth saying we've been getting some pretty positive feedback. Yeah. So uh, we got to give a shout out to our listeners and everything like that. I mean, I, I texted you the other day and or yesterday yeah. and just to say it was like, oh, man, like the past four days alone, I think I've gotten five different people reach out to me. A couple new people I've never met before on Instagram just to say, hey, really like what you're doing. It's yeah. good to hear some representation uh, in the props department and and I got a couple amazings or <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's been great. I, I'm, I've been very happy because I'm always so super self-conscious about it. <laughs> anyway, it's like, Oh my God, do I just talk too much or what? Um, so anyway, today we have a very special episode in honor of pride month, uh, with, well, I do two. We were going to have Cynthia Nibbler on today, but unfortunately she couldn't make it, but we will have her on another time. Um, but we have two great, uh, PMG property masters with us today. Um, they are Nicole Ruby, who um, is a returning champ, although this is the first time you're hearing her. See, we've recorded other episodes. And we're putting, <laughs> now we're putting them out of order, so I'm a little messed up. Um, and then uh, we have Mel Urquiza. Is that right, Mel? Yep, See, I did it good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Along uh, with representing the LGBTQIA+, I got everybody in their community. Mel is also representing the very underrepresented uh, Hispanic community as a natural-born citizen of Mexico, uh, now a citizen of America and an IA member. Uh, we also have the great fortune to have our first property master predominantly from the commercial world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is very exciting. Mel has worked on dozens of commercials in a variety of capacities. She is a graduate from the prestigious Otis College of Art and Design with a degree in product design. Is that correct? Yeah, yep, I got that right. right. Oh, geez. <laughs> I know. I'm so impressed. Your resume was amazing. Uh, we also have Nicole Ruby back from uh, a an, ep uh, an upcoming episode, <laughs> which I'll plug with uh, Nelson Coates, our first one with the production designer. That's coming soon. Um, but we want to get back or get a little bit more into your backstory and your career. Um, so we welcome you both. Um, first thing I would say, how are you both faring now that we are almost three weeks into the writer strike 2023? I would say it's a little terrifying, but I'm also living my best life. Um, and having fun with the time off. Um, but uh, I hope it doesn't last till September. Uh, yes. That's Nicole, by the way. <laughs> I would hope that it doesn't last that long. But we support the WGA and everything that they they stand for. So, um, but yeah, I hope uh, they can compromise. Everyone can compromise and find their way. Yeah. So we can go back to work. Exactly. Mel, is it affecting you from the commercial end? Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, I think with commercials, it's been a little bit different. It was pretty slow in the beginning of the year, but it was because of different circumstances. I think some had to do with like the banks and some of it with like COVID restrictions and right. stuff like that. Um, but it does seem like commercials seem to be picking up. Uh, I think we might end up seeing some differences once time goes on and then some of these people who do typically like shows and, and features start coming into the commercial 
Right. World. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? Do you, do you see that happening a lot where a lot of crossover from people from TV film doing commercials? Uh, well, I do know a few pr- pr- um, production designers who I work with who typically do shows. Sure. And actually, I just worked with one, Alec uh, Contestable. Um, just worked on a commercial with him because he had just finished a show. So it does happen every now and then, mm. uh, but then they kind of hop back over to whatever it is that they typically do. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I did a lot of commercials in early in my career, and then I haven't done one in years. I probably yeah. wouldn't know how to manage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a different world. The usual reaction that I get is like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you do it? That's, the, that's the insanity part of, yeah. the, of the, the business. The, the quick payday is nice, but it, the inconsistency, like, I feel like I can't deal with it mentally. <laughs> like, it would not just having such a short job and just not knowing like that's sure. the nice thing about the TV. I think it's just like, Oh cool. Seven months. Right. Or a feature too. You yeah. Know, that, a big feature, but, but that's true. I mean, uh, I, and again, I haven't done a commercial in 25, 30 years or something like that. So I'm sure it's much different, but I also remember you had to chase your money a lot on a commercial. I don't oh. know if that's still. True. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've been really lucky to be able and to consistently work in commercials. And I typically, uh, I usually turn down a lot of commercials mm-hmm. as I'm working on others. So I have been able to kind of like pick and choose when I'm working, when I'm not, when I'm taking a break or when I'm working again. Um, it has been a little bit slower. I, I can for sure tell that the pace this year has been like, I haven't been turning down right. as many as I typically do. Um, so I haven't really run into that problem, but sometimes if I am taking time off, I start getting kind of giddy and it's like, okay, uh, no one's texting me. What's right. going on? And then like my wife always remi- reminds me, like take a breath, enjoy your time off. It's okay. You're going to get them. And then I get like three in a row and it's right. just like, oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or as I always say, just plan a vacation. You'll get a call. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happens every time. <laughs> so, all right. I want to start uh, your origin story. You were born in Mexico City. Um, tell us how... Uh, uh, what motivated Little Mel to Hollywood? I mean, that's a big <laughs> jump, and I'm sure it was not a smooth road. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a long, long story, mm-hmm. making it a little bit shorter. Um, I was uh, I did move to Florida when I was about 17. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is an engineer; he's a mechanical engineer, and I, you know, there's a side of me that always wanted to do like, well, I want to be an engineer too. I want to also be a mechanical engineer. And at some point, I was introduced into uh, to industrial design, mm. which like I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like instead of you know being able to figure out the insides of something, like just the being able to design the overall aspect of it, the functionality, the ergonomics. Um, so that's kind of like the career ca- career path that I wanted to take, um, which actually is pretty funny. Just thinking about it in the last few days and knowing I'd be you know, mm-hmm. having this conversation sure. with you. Uh, it feels kind of like a full circle moment because I grew up watching Alias. I like, oh, it's nice. a, one of my favorite <laughs> shows. <laughs> um, and just watching Marshall, like, do right. all his little gadgets and stuff. I, I, like, for a while, I was like, I want to be, like, I want to be Marshall for the CIA. Like, that's what <laughs> I want to do. Brilliant. Um, and then I was like, nah, it seems kind of dangerous. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> so, that part. People yeah. shooting at you, right? Um, so there was that shift where it was just like, oh, well, you know, I could be, you know, making the stuff that is Marshall is doing, it, like, it, with film. And just, like, I think once I started studying industrial design, I, I started in Florida, uh, but wasn't super happy with the school I was going to. And 
at some point I was like, okay, so products, you know, like I was like fake products, movies, like, oh, maybe I can do this, like, you know, for, for film or for like, you know, living in Florida, telenovelas <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mundo right. and stuff like that. So I was like, someone's making these. Um, and then I started uh, doing production design for all the other film kids while I was going to art school there. Um, and that I just like opened up my eyes into this like whole new world. Like I would just do my breakdowns like on my own, figuring out like <laughs> it's just like, I guess this is what you do. And just like would read through the scripts and take everything out and just do over all the overall, you know. Was this at Otis? Or was this, uh, this no, is in Florida? In Florida, yeah. What, what was the school you were going to then? I was going to the Art Institute. Okay. I didn't Where? Really like it. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale? I yeah. toured that school. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was this close to going to that school. <laughs> Good thing you didn't, because now it's closed. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, um, yeah they started uh, laying off all the good teachers, mm. uh, and at some point it just didn't feel worth it. Um, so that's when I started thinking about the transition to moving out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't entirely sure where I was going to go or what I was going to do. Originally, I wanted to move out here and go to a different art institute. Right. <laughs> and I ended up not. And then um, as soon as I moved to L.A., I reached out to Lonnie at the Hamprop Room, actually. Okay. Um, and I was like, these are the things I can do, like some graphic design and have some shop experience, you know, if you ever need any help. And he's like, well, you know, uh, this was like 20, uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. So like there was, it was kind of slow in Hollywood at that time. Super and Lonnie slow. was like, why are you here? Why didn't you go to like New Orleans? Like that's, yeah. you know, where everything is. I was like, but this is Hollywood. Yeah. Um, two weeks later, I get a call and he's like, hey, actually we need some help. Uh, you know, come out here. And I like pack my laptop and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do some graphic design. I'm not sure. Um, so I <laughs> end up getting there and he's like, all right, come on back. And he takes me all the way to the back in the shop right. with like fabricating. And yeah. It's just like <laughs> making silicone molds and just like tearing things apart and like carrying all these five gallon buckets of like mixes. Right. And it was so fun. Yeah. Like just at the time I was working for some like big shows, like making some really cool props. And, uh, I just never expected <laughs> it to be like my start. Um, but I did, I did work with them, I think on and off for about six months or so. Um, but I ended up finding Otis and mm. that's we both where went to Otis. Which, I always forget that. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. You went to Otis <laughs> yeah. too. Wow. I, I always forget that until, until we, yeah. until we were you there at the same time? Around, were you, you weren't there at the mm-hmm. same time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I graduated 2016. Uh, wow. so I basically restarted my whole career <laughs> and like, uh, just like walking through the foundation, uh, just it was like the um you're walking the hallways looking at foundation students work mm. and i was just like that that's where i want to be like right. in my first year and i was like i'm nowhere near there so i ended up restarting everything and pursuing uh product design just because uh like so far it had been so helpful when it came to like coming up with things and making things last minute and just knowing like gaining all these fabrication skills and all these material like right. materials and how the process of like making things, uh, I just knew it was going to be so helpful for my career and it, it has been. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. you're one of the first people I think I've actually met in the prop department that found their way into the prop department with a fascination of things and not of film industry right. <laughs> in general. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Which That's, is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I remember 
uh, when I first moved here, um, I'd been to Universal Studios a lot, like growing up, and like sure. the tram was like my favorite ride. <laughs> uh, but I'd always be just like looking behind, you know, how is that thing working and how is it moving? <laughs> um, well, you and what to do for your birthday next year then? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little tram yeah. ride. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's my favorite. I mean, even like the first time I shot at Universal, I like landed in the back lot and like I got tear-eyed because I was like oh my god <laughs> this is so weird <laughs> wow. um but yeah so I, I remember I went to Universal and I I saw this hat and it's just a black hat it has a Universal stamp on the side and it says like prop master in the front and at the time you know I was like thinking maybe I'll be a production designer I wasn't really mm-hmm. sure how I'd fit in and I had met a prop master before but I was like okay like I, like let's see where this takes me and uh, when I finally, you know, concentrated on just doing props and I like I knew that's just what I wanted to do. I like being hands on. I like being able to be on set. And I think that's the the rush and the thrill that I get from commercials where sure. I just <laughs> I, 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 I'm able to just be there and problem solve and like figure things out in the moment with like a lot of pressure. Yes. <laughs> when you're working with the good people, it's like the good kind of pressure. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to back you up a little bit. So mm-hmm. when you were a, a young girl, did you were you at, at all interested in the film industry in, in any way? I mean, well, I I don't I don't think so. Uh, I think it's funny. There's a very brief story, but I used to go play golf with my uh, godparents in Mexico. Like they had a house in Acapulco, and I'd go play golf with them, and I'd be like driving the golf cart, and then. Uh, they would always tease me because, like, I liked singing and I liked, you know, and, and they're like, oh, you're going to be, like, a singer, an actress, uh, a, a tennis player, like, professional <laughs> tennis player, a uh, golf player, and then they'd be an a fireman because I'd always be hanging from the, <laughs> from the golf cart. But it, like, became this recurring joke. Right. Um, but not nothing specifically with the film industry. I, sure. I mean, I loved movies. I loved, like I said, I loved coming out here and just seeing like all of the things being creative, uh, created, uh, but it was never like, Oh, I want to work making movies. Yeah. And so coming from Florida to Hollywood, that was a big move. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) did you have support? Um, well, I think it felt easy because I do have family here. I have family in Orange County and I grew up coming to Orange County. So I, I did kind of feel like I had that, um, but still like LA is lonely. And I think, uh, (laughs) I also got lucky to have friends from Florida, a lot of them that moved out here. So we all kind of just became each other's families right. where like we do Friendsgivings and we're just like go out together and just kind of make movies together. We'd make like write scripts and just like shoot stuff. And uh, I think that just kind of created that sense of family and right. out here. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is you say you came out and you got a hold of Lonnie. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or did you cold right. call him or? No, well, well, what happened was um, I had a friend in Florida who had come out here uh, with a product placement company uh, that we were working with at the time. Uh, but basically she came out here and had been to the hamper up room and was like, this prop house is like amazing. You right. need to go there. So when I finally moved out here, <laughs> I... Uh, that I, I was like, well, let me go and check it out. <laughs> like, walked in. I was like, wow, this yeah. is this is cool. Um, so that's kind of how, <laughs> how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I'm going to shift over to Nicole. 
Hi, Nicole. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we're big fans of each other. Yeah, we are. Chris Call. <laughs> yeah. So, Nicole, so where are you from originally? Uh, Orange, Connecticut. Orange, Connecticut. Yeah. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard of Orange, Connecticut. Where, where, where is Orange, Connecticut? <laughs> it's near New Haven. People know New Haven yeah. uh-huh. more than anything else. Right. Um, so it's probably about 10 minutes from there. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Okay. Small town. Yeah? Yeah. And were your parents involved in the business at Not all? Not at all. Artistic? Um, or? My, my family is very artistic. Um, I come my on my dad's side. My dad was a teacher for mm-hmm. special. He taught special ed in math, um, and he was a painter. Mm. And my grandfather was a portrait painter, and my uncle was a painter. So we had a lot of artists on sure. that side of the family. My mother's a hairdresser, right? Um, okay, cool. And owned her own shop for. Thank you. Yeah, so, <laughs> my, my mom so is also years. a hairdresser. Yeah, my yeah. grandmother. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah no, it is. It's a, <laughs> it's a thing. It's but amazing. she owned her own shop. For a long time, like she got her shop when she was 18. Um, and uh, so I kind of grew up in the beauty shop. Also right. grew up, you know, wanting to be an artist because of my family being painters and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, what kind of art did you want to do? I actually really, um, I really enjoyed the comics and newspapers. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I wanted to draw cartoons. Really? I did. Oh, nice. I did. did and you I ever? thought I was pretty funny at the time, so I thought maybe <laughs> I could <laughs> do that. But then I was like, I can't write, um, but I can draw. So I kind of used the drawing a little bit today in my job, mm-hmm. um, but there was no, I, you know, I didn't think about any of the industry stuff until I really was out here. Right. Um, and it kind of just fell on my lap in a way. Sure. Um, my sister's in the industry, so she older would, or younger? Older. Uh huh. Um, and she was kind of producing some short films. Um, after I graduated from Otis, um, and she would have me do graphics and like props for these short films. Mm-hmm. And then I was working at a. I had gone to Otis for digital media, um, okay. because I had already studied. Uh, fine arts and advertising at a school in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to try something I didn't know anything about and I didn't know how to turn on a computer. Right. So I was like, let me do digital media, which was awesome because it was like 3D animation, VFX, editing. We Mm. got to shoot like our own movies, all of that. And it was so much fun. Um, So I kind of wanted to really get into editing. So I was working at an editing house um, and they did a lot of commercials, editing of Carl's Jr. commercials. Right. So on the side, I would help my sister with short films and doing some of the props. And then one day, I think they thought I was crazy at the editing house. They probably did. Uh, most people do if they know me. Um, they were. I was watching the hamburger fall into screen. And I was like, I don't understand how it does it so perfectly. <laughs> like it wasn't making sense in my head. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, how does it fall with the meat and the, the cheese and the lettuce and tomato and then the bread right. and it all falls so perfectly i don't <laughs> get it and they're like well the prop master does that i'm like what the hell is a prop master yeah nice then they put me on the phone with the prop master who did it and he told me how he did it and i was like that's amazing right is it the monofilament yes. so i think there's fascinating they, 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 there's, like, there's oh, like something oh, in yeah. between yeah there's like a prop i don't know it was a prop instagram or something where they sh- that i very like you know, within the past couple of months, I saw the video post about that and how they cut them all and do it's all the amazing. things. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I was like, my I just my brain exploded, and I was yeah. like, 
this is like effing amazing. Yeah. What kind of yeah. magic yeah. shit is and this? What is this? <laughs> and what is a prop master? Yeah, because sorcerer. Doing, that's right. Doing is. props on a commercial is is intense <laughs> to begin with, but then when you do food props in a commercial, it's a whole different ballgame, right? You've have you you've done a bunch of those, right, Mel? Yeah, I've done a few, uh, and uh, we'll. We typically hire like a food stylist to help with that too. Sure. So it just depends. A lot of a lot of brands also come with their own food stylists right. that know their product. Like Pizza Hut is one of them. They right. bring their own prop master within them that already mm-hmm. knows how they like the cheese to be stretched yes. out, how they want uh, the pizza to look, and like, um, yeah. So a lot of times that kind of gets hand <laughs> handed off to them. Right. Sure. Yeah. Because the, because the food styles for a commercial is way different than what we use in television and film. Well, in television and film, we actually they eat the stuff. And right, in commercials, exactly. it's more like let's put some chemicals on no, it to make it look shiny. Yeah. I, I yeah. did a Pizza Hut commercial once, and they we were putting AB smoke on the pizza to make it smoke, <laughs> yeah. and it was the most horrific smell ever. And these actors had to like <laughs> lean into it and act like it was beautiful. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. It's, that's a mac. Yeah, it's always like, are these the ones we can eat, or can we not eat these? It's like, no, you can't eat those. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like, yes, you can eat those. And it's that's always a question, right? Like, are they going to eat it? <laughs> How close to camera is it going to be? And yeah. like, yeah, there's definitely that uh, more detailed, meticulous aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the dropping of the hamburger, that was your that got big me. moment. It really got <laughs> me. Um, you're going to watch Carl's Jr. commercials when you go home today, yes. and you're going to be like, she's How right, it's magical. Yeah. Sometimes, um, sometimes I watch those videos on repeat where it's a like compilation of how they make like ice cream or cereal. Right. And so yeah. cool. like, huh. right. and like, I don't know what, I mean, it just like, there was something inside that went like, that's so cool. I want to, I want to, I want to be cool. Yeah. Like that, how do you even do that? How do you even, right. it's, it's magic. Yeah. You know, and it sounds so silly, but it's the truth. It was like, it was so magical where I then quit my job. Mm-hmm. I taught myself to make websites. Um, so I had some cash coming in and then I got bored of having one thing to do. And I found a horror movie for $25 a day uh, at Sable Ranch. Okay. Oh, nice. awesome. $25 <laughs> a day. Were you, were, what was your position on it? Was it prop master? Well, <laughs> I went in to help the art department. Yeah. And they said, do you know what a prop master is? I said, no. They said, that's what you're going to be. And, they, and they, <laughs> they left me. Look in the mirror. They left me. Wow. Yeah. And so the script supervisor taught me how to do my job. Wow. Nice. And then I just kept on getting work from there on all these horror. I love horror films. So I just kept on getting horror. F- and then one, and then all of a sudden it was $50 a day. And I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is awesome. I could get two yeah. coffees. And then it was like $100 a day. And then five years later, I got into the <coughs> union. Um, and What year was this first horror movie? God, I think that was like. <laughs> is it on your. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is on. Hold on. Is it on here? Hold on. The Butcher. The Butcher. Yeah, here it is. There it is. <laughs> 2006. So there yeah. you go. So it may have been, well, yeah. They yeah. Le- they leaned right into it with that title. I, yeah. I also started with horror films and like psych thrillers. It just kind of felt like it that was, was my thing. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. fun. I mean, it was hard, but because you right. are the only prop person there. Yes. You know, but it was fun. I forgot what year we actually shot that. But, um, yeah, and then I kept on. Go- yeah, yeah I can see. That. Are you scared? Yeah, all, all these <laughs> <laughs> titles, like these creative titles right here The yeah. Grim Reaper. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Are you scared? Murder 101. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, this is my claim to fame right there, Mikey, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I'm saying I, the appreciation is there. Trust me. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. But I did, you know, as I, when I was doing all those, um, I, I was so lucky. I, you know, the universe is always so good to me. 
I was very lucky where when I when we had a designer or an art director on those low budget horror films, they found they saw something in me I never saw in myself. Mm. And how I got here is because of all of them. Yeah. Oh, nice. And I do believe that. And my friend called me one day and he said, I'm gonna listen, there's a production designer I really want you to meet. Um he works on Without a Trace, and I think that this would be a good step for you. So I was an art PA at Without a Trace for a little bit. Um, Fred Andrews was the production designer, and he was amazing. Awana Bogdan was the art director, and she was amazing. And I met all these great people that then Awana saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And she said, I need you to, I want you to go to this other show. Ooh. Because it's because I was making four hundred dollars a week on without a trace, and she's like, "This pays more, and it's going to open a door for you." Great. So then I went over to the Megan Mullally show, and then from there, um, Awana called me about Common Rider Dragon Knight, which was a Americanized uh, Japanese kids show, and we had she brought me onto that. She's like, "You're going to be the prop master," and. We had shut down, and when it came back, it came back Union. Oh, is it, this nice. was this was your ride into the Union? That was my ride nice. into the Union, and I had because Awana wasn't going back. As the person I am, I called her and I said, "Awana, they're asking me back. You're not doing it. What do I do?" And she said, "This is your chance to get into the Union." Yeah, yeah, take it. Thank <laughs> you for calling me and asking, but go do it. Nice. And because of all these people that saw something I mm-hmm. never saw in myself, I'm here today. And right. I have the career that I have today, and I'll, I want to keep on going up and moving up, but I wouldn't be here without them. There's something, there's something to be said about starting on these like lower horror films, too, yeah. because Absolutely. especially being by yourself, because I, I did a lot of those for my first ones, too. And it's not, it's not like we've all worked the jobs that's just you hand off a watch and a purse and, and like that's really the most complicated thing you're you're given. But the horror stuff, like you gotta be creative on these. Like Absolutely. a lot of the, like there's always stuff that doesn't exist in those scripts. There's, there's you gotta figure out how to like make kills safe with a lot of the tools you're using. Yes. So you like yeah. uh, I mean if if you're wearing multiple hats in these ones, so chances are you're handling a lot of the blood and the pooling and right. some special right. effects yeah. that right. goes yeah. into it yeah. also. And you have to figure out how far away to stand so you don't get blood on you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when or, or <laughs> when the, the squibs go off. Or yeah. find the perfect mix of a blood that doesn't stain yourself. Yeah. Or, or the prop, because you can't afford more of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. no, and, yeah. it, and it's also true, you know, I mean, because again, we, there's, no, there's no school for props. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. it's on the job training, and if you just like walk into like a giant hundred million dollar movie, you're not going to have the same experience as a property master as you do if you're like down there in the dirt. And I guess especially like on a commercial, on a commercial you don't just do props. A lot of times you do you you are the art department. I yeah. mean I know I mean that's how it used to be, especially in non union. So you did everything. Yeah, and and that, that's valuable experience. You just can't get any better experience than that than having to do it all i mean it's it's terrifying yeah Yeah. (laughs) but nowadays it's it's gotten a little bit more you know you do have your art department i feel like uh i mean that's something that 44 has been working really hard on recently as well because it seems like um art department production designers have kind of taken over a little bit Mm. uh, on Mm. our jobs Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um i think this uh they've created this division uh, 
that they're trying to bring from TV and and uh, features uh, to commercials where they're actually breaking down the departments the same way. Right. Um, just because, you know, to be able to keep everyone's jobs, like to be able to, to you know, not have a prop master run, like, for example, Smoke and Atmosphere mm-hmm. and yeah. just actually have an SFX person. Right. And it's just like uh, spreading the awareness of it and have everyone just kind of push for that and, you know, keep people working. Um, so there has been more of a division on that on that sure yeah and how is it that you or what was your um transition to union i mean did you start doing not a lot non-union obviously right yeah yeah so i i i started doing a lot of non-union stuff um uh actually after i graduated otis um my first feature that i did as a production designer but really (laughs) production designer prop master (laughs) set dresser everything uh, um everything above um, was a small little film called uh, The Black String. And mm-hmm. it was actually with uh, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, it was it was really fun, but it was really hard. <laughs> and I was getting paid, I think it was like 175 a day or something right. yeah. for 12. Um, but it was just me. And then I got... Is that I a horror movie? It's a psych thriller. Psych thriller. Yeah. Uh, it actually... <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> like I've really? seen it a few times. Yeah, um, it's on Prime, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, She's it. Yeah, <laughs> I might was... watch it today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was it was definitely hard, and uh, I was kind of like they're like you have help, you know, three days out of these like fifteen day shoot, you can get an assist or like a set dresser. The rest is just gonna be PA hands. You know, we'll help you. My budget was like thirteen hundred dollars. Like it was right. like crazy, um, but it was so much fun. And like I, I, I was exhausted by them. I was like, oh, this is just so much fun. Um, so I did, I did like a couple of features. I started doing. I was working uh, for the Queen Mary's Dark Harbor also while I, I was going that. to school. That's pretty cool. What were you doing um, there? What are you, what are you doing that? My job title was a technical artist, but basically oh. I was like a set dresser. So. Uh, we had the different mazes and they'd be like, all right, you're going to work on this room today. This is kind of what we wanted to oh. look. So we would go and grab stuff and then just kind of dress it appropriately. Would you be wor- working on the ship a lot? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Hunted. That's badass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you was, see any ghosts? Um, I didn't see any. You would feel energies and I like a lot of the people I work with had kind of had right. all had experiences and like a lot of the maces are based on the ghosts and hmm. uh, it's proper. Feel... There's an important prop research right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you worked yeah. on the Queen Mary? Mikey? I haven't worked on the Queen Mary, it's... but I've gone in like, we've done the tours. Like anytime we, we've gone on a cruise once where it's like, well, we got to get there way early so we can go through the Queen Mary and stuff. And then th- <laughs> there are, there are haunted houses are actually my favorites. Like I think they're better than horror nights just because yeah. you have the ship aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, sure. It's actually like, creepy. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's super creepy. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and they walk you through like if you've gone through like the haunted houses, like they walk you through places like you're not open to like the regular tours. So to get in line, they'll go you through those big opening where you just see the just drop down to nothingness right. and rusty bottom of the damn boat. No, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've never been there for an event, but I've shot there several times. Really? And, yeah, and and it's a maze too because yeah. if you don't know where the hell you're going, you like end up all over the place on that ship. Oh yeah, and it's fascinating some of the details. Of, of the architecture in that ship is amazing. 
Yeah, it's 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 the, there's like the beautiful side of it that they show everyone, and then you have all the back the backsides, which yes. is like <laughs> it's. I mean, it's been there for years, so it's yeah. like we were working always with They're like a headlamp. It, yeah. and <laughs> I, I got a hu- like just for that purpose. I I got this like giant headlamp that would actually like just shine everything because you're working by yourself in the ship yeah. in the dark yes. with all these weird noises happening. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, weird but it, for it, sure. it was really fun, and I think um, I, I worked there for three years. And then after that, I just wanted to transition out of it just because it kind of felt like I wasn't really going. Was that consistent? Yeah, that's 12 seasonal, months? right? Or was it? Uh, yeah. No, we started around July. So it was like oh. Halloween in July. And then we started Christmas in October oh. for the chill. Oh. They, they do like okay. a chill, right. um, like a Christmas event that they do. Cool. Um, so we would work. It was about four months. And then chill would go uh, till around, I guess, and uh, I think end of November or something like that. Mm. Uh and then, uh, yes, and then you'd have that break until next year. So oh, cool. it was kind of like, but it was really cool. They were really, really flexible with me um, and allowing me to, like, come and go uh, for school and classes. Mm-hmm. So I was literally, like, taking classes at Otis in the morning and then, like, rushing down to <laughs> Long Beach. Wow. Um, and, and it was like that, like, the whole week through, throughout uh, throughout Otis. And then once I graduated, I was like, well, you know, I want to actually, like, you know, do something bigger. So... Um, I ended up uh, just kind of like venturing into this like movie, uh, the, like the black string. And then um, at some point, just with all the context that I had, I ended up getting this. Uh, it was supposed to be a web series. Hmm. It's called I Ship It. And it was originally intended to be for the CW Seed, which is uh, it, at that time it was like the the streaming platform, not not streaming platform, but like their website for the CW. So it was right. like their online platform. Got it. Um, and as as we were shooting this, it was like a it was like a cute poppy musical uh, type of show, and it was basically a show within a show. So we were uh, it, it was really fun to kind of break that down but also really hard and i was like the only one in my department um but i was specifically hired as a prop master on that which was really cool um and everyone i was working with was like super helpful and really nice so that made it really easy Mm. and at some point we just heard like oh well this like our show is flipping and i was like what what do you mean it's flipping like (laughs) nobody had any idea and it turns out that the higher ups were so happy with how everything was looking that it ended up airing on the CW, wow. which mm. is pretty cool. Um, so pretty I got cool. most of my days through there. Wait, did you guys have to vote on it, or did like the <clears throat> producers just turn the show? I think I, I I'm not entirely sure how it happened. I just know one day we got an email saying that it was going to turn. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was nice. very lucky. Yeah, I envy a lot of you that just <laughs> like, oh yeah, it just happened one day. Man, I had to pick it on my show yeah. and do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, like they were gonna push like and trying to get scabs in and everything. Wow. Like, yeah. tr- threatening to shut the show down. It was a nightmare. But you were successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with twenty eight days, twenty eight full oh days. God. Wow. They didn't even actually get in on that show. I got in as a set dresser on something right. else later because I could I couldn't get the last two days. <sighs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in now. It doesn't Are matter. you okay? Yeah, Are so, you okay? No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of no, no, it seems like it's. You still... want to talk it out? No, yeah. It's still there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't work with them anymore. All right. <laughs> I don't work with those people anymore. Just yeah. eat your feelings like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Nicole. Yes, Chris. Uh, uh, again, we talked about your resume on uh, 
the um, Nelson yes. Coates. So again, we're ahead of the game. So people don't know anything about you right now. <laughs> Other than the people it's much know better you. that way. Yeah, no, no. But I mean, uh, again, I don't. Uh, you you most recently did the morning show. Yes. Which is was a big move for you, and uh, it's a fantastic show. Um, but you also did Euphoria, which, again, as a property master, when the first time I saw that film or that series. I, I looked up who did the props on it because it was amazing. You did such a great job and oh, such a you. such a unique uh, series. And you could tell that there was a lot of money spent on that show, right? It was, you know, every show that I think I do, it's always a step up. It's always something different. It's always a challenge. Right. And it was one of those shows where, um, you know, I... I you know, I always take the shows that I hear are a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, I want to do it because I want to. Sure. I need that. Right. That drives us. Why do this job if we're not going to be challenged? Exactly. You know, um, you know, they did have the money, but the same money as every show that I do where it's like we had, you know, just be careful. Sure. You know, and watch yourself. But they were so kind and so lovely of communicating mm-hmm. our producers. Uh, and I and just to clarify, I did season one. Right. Um, season two, we prepped. Right. But then we shut down. Yes. Um, so that ended up uh, having me move on to another show when we didn't yeah, know when we were happens. coming back. Um, but season one was amazing. Yes. And Sam Levinson is a genius, in my opinion. Right. Um, absolutely. I absolutely adore that man. I work well with him. Um, I lived in a rabbit hole on that show. <laughs> and it was because of him. It was because... He wanted you wanted to do so well for him. Right. You wanted whatever he was seeing in his head to come out on that screen, and you wanted it to be perfect. And he was so humble and lovely that I just wanted everything to be perfect. Where I, <laughs> I, Ias has helped me in making some of our pill presses and stuff like that, yes. and I would spend the time to make sure that every drug had the correct Ex- stamp on it. Oh. And I would be in my garage. Yes. Fucking, that's what I wanted you know. to talk to you about because that's what stood out to me was all the pills. And, and I mean, w- because we've all used pills, and we go to ISS or wherever we get them, and it's just like all the generic pills and blah blah blah, and they pop them in their mouth, and you never see them anyway. But on Euphoria, it was there were a lot of close-ups, and I was impressed with that. So talk to me about, about it was a hard that process. process. Yeah, I'm because sure. I was trying to. I mean, I was in my kitchen trying different things, and you're thinking about dietary restrictions. Um, I always taste everything to make sure, like, you know, if I like it, it should be okay. I'm not a sweet tooth. I, you know, it should be easy to eat, you know. And I did spend a lot of time in my kitchen trying to figure out a great recipe. Um, Then the rabbit hole kind of began. And I bought a couple pill presses. uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, do you think the FBI is on your case for like buying like Maserati stamps? And (laughs) they might be outside. And uh, yeah, but I did start looking at pill presses and I would get them in. And, you know, there are like the the big, you know, cranking ones. But Mm -hmm. for me, I. I don't know. There was something about the handheld small ones that you're smacking. Yeah. And I would count. <laughs> you really want to get into this? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm All sure right. there was a lot. So, uh, you know, I got the pill presses in and I started um, with the vitamin powders because right. that's how we right, our right, vitamins right. are made. Right. If you taste that, it doesn't taste very good. Right. So then I started looking into, and my wife helped me with this because she's a food stylist. Um, 
and we started adding a little like lemon extract or a tiny bit of powdered sugar. And Mm -hmm. we came up with this recipe that worked and wasn't too sweet and tasted good. And we started pressing pills in the garage to see what they look like. So from that point, I started, (laughs) I have all the tools still and all the little spoons. I would measure out put it in. I know this is the long way of doing it. We the crank thing, the crank one works fine, just not for me cuz I need to feel it yeah. in order to know it's a good product. I need to do it the way I did it. Right. Um so I would measure everything out. I knew exactly how much to put on my spoon into into the little device and then I would count how many hits and how long I timed myself. So I knew how long it would take to make one pill. And I got it down to 20 seconds a pill. Okay. And I would basically <laughs> hit it 15 times as hard as I could. Sometimes I'd have to loosen my, up my arm a little bit. Then 15, and then I would take five seconds, put the other one in, and go again. And I would just keep on doing it. So I measured it, I timed it, and I tasted it. And then I, I went to Sam. I said, Sam. And he's like, those are great. I'm like, great, thank you, because now they actually have the oxy. They have the, you know, every symbol, every stamp was correct. Right. So if we did have to do a close-up, we had it. Yeah. And it wasn't that I, and I, every pill bottle, everything, I would always fill it with the correct thing. Right. Because I, it, we don't want to stop a take. Right. You don't want to stop no. that. So I just, I mean, and I enjoyed that. It was, it was so, I don't know, it was so silly, but at the same time, I love that rabbit hole. And I love that, I like, it was such a challenge and he appreciated it every second. Every yes, second. The, the actors, I'm sure. Yes, because it tastes good. And like even down to like, you know, the harder part is snorting. Yes. Yeah. So then I would try to do that and see, you know, where is it going to hurt me? Is it going to feel a certain way? Right. At least I can tell them what to expect. Mm-hmm. But then also have the usual stuff we'd have for snorting, you know, like sure. either the nut powder or, or the, the lactose. lactose. Powder. Yeah. You right. know, you'd always have that on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never did any harm. And the other thing we used to do was coat the dollar bill in the inside with Vaseline. Right. So it just gets caught up in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you don't get as much in your nose, mm-hmm. you know, um, and go from there. Uh, it, it was, Euphoria was a great experience. I made so many friends there and I am obsessed with Sam Levinson and just think he's wonderful. And we just worked well together. Like he didn't really, we didn't have to talk. Right. We looked at each other and knew, yep, I'm on it. Okay. Yeah. I'll see you in a second. Yeah. And the, and the thing about, doing pills or eating food or snorting fake cocaine or anything that people who aren't in the, in the industry don't understand is, is that, you know, you, when you see it on TV, they do it once, but when you're filming it, they do it multiple yeah. times. And that's always the catch. Okay. Yeah. It's like anybody could snort a line of an Alcetol once, right. but they have to do it like 10, 12 times. It's a lot. Right. Did you ever use one of those, mach- those blow machines? You ever seen those with the, the tube that's attached to a tube and a, on a vacuum? Oh, I have seen that once. Yeah, I never yeah. used you it, You hide it in your hand. Yeah. I did that on, uh, I forgot what it was, with Sarah Paulson, and she really appreciated it. It's small enough it. to where you can put it in your hand? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's like a tube that you hold in your hand, like a pencil, yeah. you would. And then there's a, a, a Tigant tubing that's attached to it that runs down your sleeve. And so you can lean into it, yeah. and you hit play on that thing and it just sucks it up that's, that's awesome cool. yeah, oh, wow. it's really yeah they sell that on amazon yeah i forgot somebody built it <laughs> i forgot who built it but is yeah. it in your storage it's in my and it's in my trailer yes <laughs> label in a box called blow machine 
So, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I got to stop by and see this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. When well, we have the big event. Yeah, yes. we might have an event towards Zoom, so we might that's be able right. to see that <laughs> soon. That's right. Make I'll, sure that's I'll, on I'll display. Yeah. That's what we should do. We should make sure that everybody pulls out their their fun their best gadget. Their best gadget <laughs> and tricks. Yeah, exactly. that, that'll go. That we might be, have a, we might have a game oh, of, hey, of we, best. That's a good one. Best right? gadget. Right. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, let's see. Um, oh, I also need to. I mean. Uh, shout out on camera but whatever um tina sherrod told me to tell you hello oh she's a great graphic artist i uh, love her and you worked with her on a league of their own i did we shared a nice small office Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of laughs and she is a extremely talented graphic Uh, designer and just an amazing human yes both did you only do the pilot of a league i did so i did the pilot um and when it went to series they did call me but it was the height of COVID, and I was oh. terrified to leave the state. Did they go to Iowa? They to went do to it? Pittsburgh. They went to Pittsburgh. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's a that's a huge pilot to take on. Is that like it I was... I would have cheesed so hard to get that call. Oh <laughs> my god! I so I the the way I got it was I had just came off the L word, um, and Suzuki, who's an, just an incredible production designer, and her art director at the time, Val Green. They uh, they called and said, you, you want to do... And I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is like my favorite movie. Yeah. I quote it every day. Yeah. <laughs> even just to myself. Um, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And then you have Abby Jacobson. Who's yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, and of course, and then the research. Yes. Oh, it was like I died and went to heaven. It was so much fun. Yeah. Again, going down a, a different rabbit hole. The period um, props, sports yes. hole, which is <laughs> awesome and fantastic. There's so fun props in that show. Yes, and I had built an entire binder of everything from that period. Yeah. And during my first presentation, um, I had gotten binders that were from that period, basically. Mm. like, And I stacked it all full of my research, everything, so I can get the direction of what the director... Uh, Jamie Babbitt, who I've worked with m- uh, many times Jamie before, Babbitt. and she's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I handed it out to everybody. Let them keep it. Here's my research. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. And this is before the show and tell. This is our first meeting. And we went from there. And it when um, the show <laughs> went to series, um, they called me and they said, where is this book? And I said, what book? <laughs> I said, you have the Dropbox. I gave them the books. Yeah. Are you talking about the leather book? Yes. I'm like, they have it, but I'll send you the Dropbox of everything. Yeah. And it's all separated by what it is, categories, and here you go. And that's the book. They're like, but they want the book. I'm like, well, they shouldn't have thrown it out. <laughs> <laughs> like this, but, but it was filled with research. I mean, this sure. research that I kept one of the books because you want to hang on to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, you want to keep on going down that, that hole of right. research during that time. And especially if you're, you know, when they took over the season – you know, they had to, you're going on year by year now, you know, you're not just where we started in the pilot, but you're now moving on yeah. to different years. So, um, it was a, it was so much fun to do that show women's baseball. They touched on things that I don't think the movie could have touched on during the Definitely. time it came out. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, um, it was just uh, it was a really great experience, and I was really uh, honored to do it. And you're a baseball fan too, so right. Well, I like going to games. I don't yeah. know anything about them. I, will say that. <laughs> I like hot dogs. <laughs> I like the dogs. Um, you know, I, I don't know anything about any sport. I have okay, to say fair. that. But I do like watching a game, and then you have to tell me who I'm supposed to root for. Oh, deal. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. I mean, it's a good deal. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You just tell me who to yell at. Yeah, who's the home team? Who I'm yelling for. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. Right. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no nothing like a a baseball game in a stadium. I mean, with no with someone who doesn't know anything about well, it. Well, you don't need to. <laughs> just the energy that's in a baseball stadium yeah. is is incredible. Yes. So live sports are just it's like a whole monster in itself. <laughs> so but, we'll go sometime. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a football fan to be. Like. <laughs> Those tickets are harder to come by. <laughs> I know, but the thing about have, have you been to live football? Oh yeah. It's, not, it's kind of boring as hell. <laughs> I, I, I can disagree. That's okay. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's because you, I you can be I wrong about something. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I'm I mean, a Patriots fan, so I think that's oh, the thing. So no, anytime, I knew I didn't like you. Anytime the Patriots come <laughs> is into town, your first fight. <laughs> yeah, so it, it is. I'm glad I could be here for Patriots. It. Yeah. Fan. Anytime the Patriots either come into town or like or San Francisco or Vegas, I usually go out to those games. <laughs> Fun that's, that's like that's like getting into business and doing your first movie as a hundred million dollar movie, being a Patriots fan. Okay, try ah, try being wow. a try being a Giants fan. Okay, uh, I don't have to be. <laughs> they don't have the goat on their team or had the goat on their team. It doesn't matter. Oh, God. Okay, it's well. retired now. <laughs> Anyways, I want uh, I, I, You have one credit I wanted to just touch oh, up just because it was like uh, I see that you assisted on Teen Wolf a little bit back in the day. I did. Yeah, I under Cat, right? Yes. Yeah, Cat is who made me the prop master. I am. She was like the first person that kind of molded she... me a little bit. Her breakdowns. Yeah, her breakdowns is I mold like that's amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm yes, I. She taught me about how to do breakdowns correctly. Yeah. I was the third, so and that's I love being a third. I love cleaning a truck, organizing the days, yeah. prepping all that stuff is my favorite thing. It's kind of what I do as a prop master yeah, anyway. So right. you know, um, and she taught me so much about her breakdowns, um, and that's how I actually do mine kind of the same, same way now same because it was very helpful she, she was the only i think she was pretty much the only person to ever give me on like as the crew member a, a breakdown no other prop masters no. ever did that no <laughs> so this yeah. is that and, and she'd like organize it so well to where it was like in order of what was coming up in the scene but and she would color coat them too yeah <laughs> she would color coat them by days but she oh. even would write down like okay like something's gonna break you're gonna need a broom i mean it's yeah. it, it was really important you're right. gonna need a broom you're gonna need you know right. a pant like she would list every detail of what you would need on the day in that breakdown because you know you get tunnel vision sometimes and you're like oh shoot we're on location did we bring that you didn't have to guess because she had it written down and you just read check it off you had it yes her breakdowns were amazing and it i was there only for like a few weeks um before i moved on yeah yeah i i ended up on the show for three years (laughs) i actually when she retired i I went on to the next show with her and then she retired i inherited most of her kit oh that's awesome so like a lot of the cards so almost like all the at least half of my kid is from pretty much Teen Wolf and a lot of that stuff. And that job, actually, because it came around when they did the feature, I got to do the... the oh, that's great. I got to master the LA unit. Which, oh, brilliant. Yeah, so it came full circle yeah. 10 years later, pretty much. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Well, the, the other one I want to talk to you about that I didn't get a chance to on the last one is 
Uh, I'm not gonna. It's not nine one one. Okay. Oh, I was gonna get. I I would have lost the bet. I would have lost this bet. I had fifty dollars on it if we were gonna bet. But yeah. damn it. No, it wasn't nine one. Uh, no. Although we could talk about that. Um, but no, it's better things. Oh yeah. I mean, again, th- that's another one of those f- shows that I watch, and I think I would die to be on that show because it just the culture of that show resonates. Right. In the in the sh- in the episodes. Right. So I'm just assuming that it's like one of your best experiences in working with Pamela Adelon. I mean, Pamela's awesome. Right. Like, absolutely. And um, it, it was funny because I had just, um, I was coming off a of Lone Star and I had gotten a call to, and I only did, I did the last season, season mm-hmm. five, I believe it is. And I got a call and I went, oh my God, I've been watching Pamela since Facts of Life. Right. Um, <laughs> kind of like bucket list check. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to work with her. And um, I got the job and it was kind of fun because it was during the summer. So it was kind of like summer camp. Here we are, CBS Radford. This is fun. And it it was like a fast moving show. Um, and I watched the show. So I was I already was up to speed on how this show goes right. and what's happening and who the characters were. Um, and then to finally meet her, who's she is amazing and such a character. And we did get along really well. Um, I think both of us have ADD and we both talk fast and we both try to out joke each other. So, um, you know, and make our jokes land and we're talking over each other at the same time. So I had a great experience with her and I had a fun time for summer camp um, on better things. And I'm sad that show ended because it was it it was and is such a great show. Um, It had been on for so many years. And um, it was interesting, though, you're going into a show that has. Most of the crew members have been together for five seasons. Right. And then here, again, here comes yeah. the new kid. Sure. Um, you know, and and it's interesting because it, it, Pamela's such an interesting person, and she's such like a, it, she's very like, uh, takes care of her people. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get into that group, you know, it, it, if she likes you, she likes you. Right. And she's going to take care of you. And you felt that. Yeah. You felt that, you know. Sure. And, so, you know, she would be done with like, her scene and just come over and bullshit with you and then go on, you know, right. like it, that show's important to her. It was important to her. Um, and you knew it, you know, did, did they ad lib a lot in that show or is it, I mean, are they just that good. I, you know, sometimes, but not, I mean, the script was the script right. and she was there to help, you know, she was always there. Right. You I mean, know? you have to be if it, not only starring, but the creator is like, she's the answer person yeah. too, right? <laughs> she's the answer person. And you know, like if, something needed to change you know she was there right to and help it sound better or whatever and we had a lot of the you know really fantastic actors on that show sure. um including the younger the yeah, younger yeah. actors mm-hmm. that they all had a little piece you know to say about it and and right. with their characters so it was a family environment and she, uh, but uh, Pamela was the captain you know and right. that's where we turned and and Food seemed to be a, a character of its Huge. own in that show. <laughs> I always appreciated that. I mean, they, she would cook whole meals on camera. That's her life. Yeah, and that's what she loves. She loves food. We had a um, L. I can never pronounce her last name, Eleanor. I'm so sorry if you're listening, um, <laughs> but I love her, and she was on full time with us as a food stylist. Yeah. Okay. And she was just, she was the glue. I mean, that whole show you know, was about food because that's Pamela's life. Like she loves food. She knows how to cook. She, she, that is her. 
and Eleanor had been there all the seasons, and it mm. was right in bringing her in for full time on that last season. And um, she's just amazing and calm and cool, and you know, um, just sometimes we'd get hit with something from left field, and L L would just go do what she needed to do and come out two seconds later with the correct thing. Wow. You know, so if there were changes, she would make it happen. You know, yeah, um, that's, that's so she was, she's amazing. Stylist, yes, yeah. she is amazing. And it was, it was so cool to have a food stylist full time. Yes, it is. I am like, I'm like, I wish more shows did that because it's so necessary with even down to drinks sure. and, and then, and food. Cause you don't know if something changes on the day and someone wants something to eat, you're like, well, we got to call someone in. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> again, I'm the old guy here, so <laughs> back in the day. Take it, old guy. Yeah. <laughs> we used to do, you know, we didn't have food stylists, especially because I didn't, I wasn't in L.A. I was, I came up in the Pittsburgh market, so, you know, whenever there was food, we slung food, and that's all there was to it. You know, but now with, you know, after COVID, and then just with health department regulations and stuff now, I find that it's pretty much a no-brainer. I just say, listen, if there's food, fine. If they're eating it, you need a food stylist. That's it. There's no question about it. Okay. And so, I, I mean, do you guys find that that's, do you have a problem with people asking you to do food um, yourself that the actors have to eat? Uh, I'd rather a food stylist, be, you know, um, who focuses on that, you sure. know, because um, that's their expertise. And also with all the restrictions we see now, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really important to have them there yeah um, do you get pushback though from production at all not since after covid right i think it's a valid point though to have them there you know because absolutely you don't know what your day is going to bring as a prop master yeah. you don't sure. know and your assistants are dealing with 24 cast chairs yep you know maybe a dozen actors that they have to prop up you got 50 background right and you're going to add a food scene we got to bring someone in sure. who can just focus on that right. and make sure it's safe, edible, good, following all the dietary restrictions. Right. I think it's important that they're there, um, you know, and it's not just because I'm married to a food stylist. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've you know, two paychecks. I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've found it dependent on the scene, to be completely sure. honest, um, to where like I. I I like working with the line producer to try to save money. So if we can not get around it, obviously if the hero actor is eating, I think it's essential to have a food stylist, but let's say we're doing a scene where it's like, all right, we're doing a high school cafeteria scene. Nobody's really focusing on eating. Uh, right. eating's not, it's not. Yeah. Calling JSF foods or like, or yes. like it, it, no paid sponsors or anything, but like <laughs> calling any of these companies and being like, okay, I need a bunch of trays of high school pizza, fries, burgers, right. st- like prepackaged sandwiches and stuff like that, that we can put out on a table and just throw on trays. Isn't like, you don't need to take the time you Correct. need on a food stylist and stuff like that. Granted, if you're doing a big dinner scene, it's a way different beast. Yes. You right. need a food stylist sure. there. It needs to look good. Our hero actors eating it. It's going to yeah. be very much on it. So I think it's very dependent on Absolutely. the situation. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. that's no. fine. Uh, so like I worked on a, on a show last year. It was like uh, <clears throat> my first show as a union prop mm. master. Uh, it was a small limited series, Paul T. Goldman. Mm-hmm. Um, and our budget was very limited. Uh, right. But I did have a production designer who had my back on a lot of stuff um, and like speaking to the producers about certain scenes because the, the script was very, very, very food heavy. It was like 
dinner here and food there and like all these meetups of diners and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. we had so many locations. It was me plus one. So it's a wow. really hard show. Um, but I think like advocating to be able to get a, a food stylist and just kind of being able to have that conversation, right? It was like, okay, like I absolutely would need one this day, this day, and that day. And then this day I can figure things around right. it. Um, but I do think just like speaking up and sometimes a lot of people don't like to over explain it's like why do I need to explain why I need these things but it's like you kind of need to break it down and actually do over explain so that you can help them understand exactly. and get themselves on your shoes no, to be like no that makes sense you know? and that's a great point I mean because again it goes back to the notion of you're a collaborator okay yeah. it's not you against production so if you go to production and you say hey you know I could do this for this scene but here I really need Right. Uh, food styles, and this is why I need them. Right. Okay, so if I have an actor eating donuts in a break room or, you know, a bagel, I'm not going to bring in a food style. Right. right. Yeah. Okay, or if they have to open up a bag of chips, okay, I'm not going to bring in a food right. style. You know, and, and, and when they see that, you're, you're just trying to help them. Yeah. And help the actors. It, it's it can be a different ball game. Well, and to not have you guys wait on me if I'm trying to make sandwiches for this, like, like you know, outside lunch, whereas, like, you know, we bring in the food stylist that they, they're focused on being able to have that ready for you while we're juggling all these other things. Right, right. Especially yeah. when you're short crude. Like yes. That's a big <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, that's a big thing that goes into it, too, is, like, yeah. what else is going on in the scene? Absolutely. <laughs> right. But uh, also talking to your actors really solves a lot of problems. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> if you actually just go, are you going to, do you think you're going to eat this? This is what we're having yeah. out. Is there something specific you'd like to have out? You know what? I'm absolutely not going to eat. Oh, you know what? I'm going to eat, but can you get this? Yep, no problem. You know, like, so if it's Chinese takeout, let's say, or something like yeah. that, mm -hmm. hey, what place do you want me to order from? Are you going to eat? No, yeah. I'm not going to eat. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to eat, but can you get this from this place? Yeah. No problem. Can I tell you a little yeah. story about a backfire? <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was Tell one. Of, me. It was oh, one no. of my. <laughs> did uh, you do that at a backfire? Yes. Why? I, what? What? I I was working on a. It was something you've said. It usually is. Isn't no, it, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I was trying to do the my job as best as I could, and it totally backfired me, which uh -oh. is not the first time that's happened. But I was doing a my horror movie. It was called a, uh, God. What was something Simple Justice or something like that? It was some revenge, vigilante movie. Okay, and Cesar Romero was in it. You know who he is? Cesar, yeah, I see you're all too young. <laughs> Cesar Romero was the original Joker on the Batman oh. series, the TV series. Okay, he's done a bunch of stuff. And Doris Roberts was also in it from um, Everybody Loves Raymond, blah, blah, blah. They played this old couple. What is the movie? Uh, I think it's called Simple Justice. We have a lot of movies to watch today, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I believe that that's the one it was. This one? Uh, no. No. <laughs> See that? Oh, no, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's Doris Roberts. Yes, and there's Cesar Romero. See that? I was right. Good God, my brain does work. Um, but anyway, we were doing a scene where he's upset because his daughter was um, robbed in a bank, okay, and or his granddaughter. And she's making him breakfast, okay? And they're like this Italian couple, and she's making him an omelet. And so I'm like, okay, so Caesar, what do you want to eat? I'm not going to eat. I'm too upset to eat. I won't be eating. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. So I decide, oh, I'm going to like make it like really beautiful, and I'm going to get all these peppers, and I put got all these peppers so it would look pretty on the plate. Okay, little did I know, because I was like, I don't know how old I was. 
that was stupid. But I, <laughs> I got some really colorful peppers that happened to be like jalapeno or something like that. <laughs> Nonetheless, we cooked it into the omelet, put it in, a, in front of him, and he took, mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden he takes a bite. And I'm off camera thinking, oh my God, he's eating it. <laughs> and it's like, I'm thinking, I don't have enough eggs. <laughs> for him to eat them all, yeah. but not thinking about the peppers. And then he gets through the whole scene, okay, because he's a total pro, and they yell cut, and he goes, water! <laughs> <laughs> and I nearly killed the old man. I mean, well, he was supposed to be angry. That might have helped a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. I'll sleep better tonight. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes, the, I mean, the good, in our industry, now, I wouldn't say it's a good thing, but most of the main actors have like pretty heavy dietary restrictions. Yeah. Nowadays, um, yeah. Yeah, nowadays. So it's like what a cell has worked for me before is like, oh, why do you need a food stylist? It's like, well, because our main actor, you have him eating a, a bacon, egg, and cheese burrito, and she's uh, vegan and yep. gluten free, yep. and like all these other ones. Yeah. Like, like it's just so much added up. It's like, and I don't know anywhere that's going to be able to yeah. give us uh, that. I don't know. Do you guys, I have a form that I send out to actors. At the beginning, yeah, of that yeah, I do too. All of those, yes. If you're right-handed or left-handed, that's always a, a good thing. And that's not on my list, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I've. I mean, how many times have you come across that where you like give somebody a gun in a holster? And like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm left-handed. Right. Like, oh yeah. So that's a good one to put on there. Yeah. But yeah, all the dietary restrictions. That's a good thing. Right. To put on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which right. makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, um, like commercials, the turnaround for that is too quick. So sometimes yeah, I was going to say, I know, and I want to jump back into commercials. <laughs> I, I, with I do you. too, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, talk to me about the culture of, you know, I mean, uh, again, you get hired by sometimes production designers, but also production houses, right? You don't get, uh, ever get hired by an agency. No, actually, uh, so no, never by an agency. Uh, more often than not, I think I've only been hired directly from a producer like once. Hmm. And and that was through the production designer because they were like, we want her. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, I get calls from either the production designers or I get calls from uh, the art department coordinators, hmm. um, which is, again, something that's, wanting to change uh through like local 44 is working hard to try to make that change but at this mm-hmm. point like the relationships and everything are coming from the directly sure. from the production designers with the producers um so i typically yeah that's that's typically how i get the jobs <laughs> through production designers or uh or the our department coordinators yeah um so yeah <laughs> and and then so so the big thing about commercials i've only worked on a few of them but uh the the rogue element is the client that's like the biggest thing and that's like the (laughs) The hardest thing to deal with it's like they're they're at a village in the back corner and they're kind of like the the the, i don't want to say the next you want to ring at the end of the day but like (laughs) everybody does going and going like all these like useless notes like how how is it dealing with the clients in your experience yeah Yeah, that's a good one i mean it's it's kind of it's a a difficult thing leading up to it because like you can be as prepared as you think you are on a commercial where like you get all the information you get information from the production designer from the producers and it's like these these are the things that we need these are the things we want and that's why uh having a loaded up truck full of stuff is so helpful Mm. um 
just because you just never know what's going to happen. And a lot of times, like, I have a plan and things are ready to go, but then you get the set and client is like, no, actually, like, this is what we need. And you're like, wait, what What do you mean? Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, we asked for this. Um, so I, I think, I mean, in my experience, I always try and wiggle my, my way into talking to client and talking yeah, to sure. the agency um, because I, I have worked, like, way in the past with uh designers that are like don't ever talk to the director or yeah. don't talk to anyone <laughs> it's like but i need information like yeah. i need to know these things um so just trying to create that bond with the producers and just uh making sure like you're asking questions beforehand so they're like oh okay this person's on it like she's got it you know and just once you show up to to be able to go to agency and just kind of like on the side with the producer because typically there's a producer standing by agency um, so I typically go with my questions to them and then mm. they relay and then at a certain point throughout the commercial things kind of shift where like they already know that I'm the go-to person for right. the props and anything that they would want or need um, and I just it, it, you kind of like read them right so there are agencies that I've I've worked with where like I'll bring them stuff and they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like, we're good with everything, you know? And you kind of get an understanding that they trust you and what, what you're bringing based on, like, what those boards and, like, uh, the boards were in the beginning. And there are the, there's the other side of it where they do want to see things and they want to be in the know or you can go to them consistently and be like, this one or this one. And you just kind of come with options. Um, but then there are also times where I work with directors who um, just want me to basically, I, I just go in there, I hand the props, I set everything up and walk away and then I just wait for them to be like, no, that's not working and then we can swap it out. So yeah. it's just kind of, it, it always varies. It varies right. from commercial to commercial. They're all very different. Yeah, because some yeah. of them, some of them like they'll hire you as a prop master, but they'll bring on somebody just to handle the product itself, right? There are times or there are times where they hand off the product. They're like, okay, you need to pick up the product like on Friday. We're shooting right. on Monday, gotcha. you know, something like that. Or they'll give it to me day of and they're like, here's all the things, you know, coming from agency. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you do an inventory and look through everything and see what works, like what you can actually use and what you can't use and gotcha. stuff like that. So it just depends on the brand and what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm. I just did a commercial for an investments company and they sent us like boxes of like uh it was a dressing so it was like artwork and stuff like that they typically use but also a box full of like different props they had like mugs and like uh like little trophies and uh water bottles and things so it was like type of stuff that what ended up just being used as dressing here and there yeah. just to kind of throw it in but it wasn't really something that i ended up using as a prop. right yeah that makes sense <laughs> so it, it, do you feel that it usually is like a pretty smooth operation when you do a commercial? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, you like doing commercials because things change all the time and you get to like, it's like, give us an example of like where you had to put on your jack of all trades hat and jump in there and save the day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's always the fun part. It happens all the time. Yeah. Well, uh, a very good example is the last commercial I just worked on. Um, it was a three-day commercial where um, <laughs> we we picked up gear that, that came from the brand and, like, everything was like, okay, this is going to be the three days. We kind of had a schedule, which was a pretty long schedule um, on paper, which, mm -hmm. like, I, I actually don't agree with because it's a very it was a very long day. 
planned. Mm -hmm. Um, But once we got to set, it was like, okay, no, actually, we're, uh, you know, (laughs) um, the whole commercial is about an app that this brand is coming up with. So it's an app for working out. Right. And you get there and it's like, okay, the app is a big thing. So I had a bunch of devices and I'm like waiting and waiting, like what's going to go in it? What's going to go in it? Oh, well, we have this like website you can use through it. So we get there and then they're like, actually, like there's, we also need all these videos on there. And like, they were like feeding me videos like in the morning, day of like, like 45 minutes away from shooting. So I'm literally having to figure out, okay, how is this website going to work? Oh, well, in order to get a full screen, I need to get an app into the phone and it's an Android. So it's just like trying to figure out what app am I supposed to get? I download the app. On commercials? Well, the thing is... What what was the question? (laughs) There's no playback person? Well, here's the thing. There, There could have been... But the problem is that always concept from from all the information we had, all the information that production had, this was just simple few videos and some screen like it, it wasn't going to be a big deal until it was. <laughs> so like morning of we're like scrambling. But I had this amazing first ad who was actually very understanding and the whole time he's like what's going on with the phone he was like okay but like he never pressured me or was angry at me coming from production they also understood so i was just like within 45 minutes like downloaded an app try to figure out figure out how to use it how what needed to go into it how to get it to like load and then was able to get the phone going you know for the first setup a little bit late but it, it happened wow, you know and throughout impressive. the days it was just yeah. like that where like things were just coming in as we were going so it was it was really hard <laughs> but do you, you do you have crew or is it just you um yeah it was me plus two on this okay, one yeah good. so it was very helpful sure. and, and like i said i had a team that like you know coming from a lot of times the designer does handle the budget on commercials um, or they overlooked the, the numbers, but I had a designer that had my back and knew like, okay, you know, we're giving you enough crew to be able to handle this. And yeah. we had a lot of different locations. So I typically, typically on a commercial, I, it's like me plus one, but in this one, it was me plus two. And I was so helpful to I have. Bet. And you work out of a 10 ton? Uh, out of a super cube, actually. Super, <laughs> super cube. So do, yeah. you, do you keep your kit in storage and you just roll it on every, every uh, job pretty much? Well, actually I do want to give a shout out to Nicole, <laughs> like Ruby, because I, <laughs> uh, because of her, I am where I am at now in commercials. Oh, wow. Uh, it has been a very big transition. Like I went from like my first commercial in the union, um, I went from like working out of my car and just by myself and getting commercial after commercial where it was just me. And I was just getting so burnt out to the point where I was like, I don't know if this is what I want (laughs) to do. And then throughout the pandemic, um, actually it was February, 2020. I ended up buying a kit because I was like, well, let me try like going to TV or do something different because like this is how I'm going to be able to actually have my career be fruitful and actually make some money mm-hmm. so um i bought my kit from linda reese okay uh, that's a nice kit yeah, that's a nice kit. <laughs> yeah yeah yes. <laughs> very nice indeed um a lot of true crime stuff yes <laughs> forensic stuff um but it ended up sitting for a long time because 2020 and right. um 
during the pandemic, we were doing all these Zooms with different prop masters through 44. And then I saw Ruby on there and I was like, let me talk to her. Because <laughs> I kind of knew some of the stuff. I'd heard her name a lot. And I was like, let's have coffee. So we had a Zoom coffee. And she actually introduced me to Jam uh, Jamie Connolly, who's like nice. my mentor. And taught me everything about like how to be able to step up my game in commercials and be able to work with companies who by default give me a super cube by default give me a one assist like um and just to be able to 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 work as a prop master and do and get what i need yeah. to be able to to do my thing and, and yeah. make things happen that's the toughest yeah. thing i think what we have an episode planned about just negotiations and yes. figuring that stuff yeah. out so i think that that one i'm looking forward to a lot because yeah. i feel like it's going to be super informative just like people's like oh how do i ask for what i need but not come off as and just be slammed down right away right. you know yeah. what i mean exactly. yeah. like that's the hardest hurdle to get over once yeah. you figure out yeah. it's like all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. ever going to be fighting this hard for... I know. that Negotiation is such a hard thing for it artists. Is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like counterintuitive. But <laughs> you have to figure it out. I mean, uh, I know. It used to give me hives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the Local 44 has a negotiation seminar, and I did that twice. Oh, and nice. it boosted my confidence oh, good. a <laughs> lot. Yeah. Good. It, it was super helpful. And... Uh, yeah, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Like Linda Rees, when I asked her, I was like, how do I ask? And she's like, you walk in there like you're a grip, you know, walk there you in go. there like you're a Attitude gaffer. Attitude is like, everything. Yeah. And it's just like, these are things you need to get the work done. Right. And uh, just having resources like, you know, you guys and Jamie to be able to be a call away and be like, hey, this is happening. Is that right? It's like, no, no, you don't let them do that to you. <laughs> you know, that has been helpful, too. But. Uh, going back to your question about the kit. Yeah. Um, so currently, I'm actually, I typically <coughs> roll with, uh, Jamie Connolly got uh, a truck to replace one of his one of his four tons and actually ended up not doing that. So I've been driving it for almost a year. So basically, oh, wow. I rent that to the production. Like, Very he rents cool. them to the production. So I've been kind of like rolling on that consistently for the past, like maybe like six months or so. Very cool. Which is helpful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I I have a, it's like a, a, a big, bigger garage that I ended up getting like the place that I have right yeah. now. I picked specifically because I had a big place uh, to be able to store some of these things. Gotcha. But I've also been able to as, the more I work on commercials, the more I've been able to condense everything that I have and like know exactly like these are the things right. that I need and like being able to get rid of the, yeah. all the stuff that Always we typically purging. hoard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you want to uh, come on my trailer and trade some forensic kits, I, 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 I'm lacking those. So. Oh, <laughs> well, I have I, a I'm, lot of stuff. I'm <laughs> yeah. down to do a little trade. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have aspirations to do television film? Or are uh, you happy where you are? I, I would probably hop on a feature if I could. Um, I'm not sure about TV. Um, I I mean, I've had very little experience with it. I've never really worked on a show. I worked on a black lady show, um, a black lady, black lady sketch show um, during the pandemic. But I was a props assist, but mm -hmm. I was a buyer. So I never really right. stepped on set. So it was a very different experience. And I mean, I think at some point I'm, I'm not sure if i would do it as a prop master i think uh i'm 
I feel like it would get too monotonous for me. Like, mm-hmm. it, like the daily, I, sure. I just, uh, I don't think I'd be able to do that. For in television. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, in yeah, television. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it, getting scripts that, like, you know. <laughs> that's not every job. 10 a.m. <laughs> on that's, a that's, Sunday. that's not every job. That's <laughs> okay. mostly Ryan Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know anymore. It's it's a, yeah. it's every job. <laughs> I, I mean, right, really. I mean, it, yeah. yeah, television is more of a managerial position than yeah. features. I think the pace of it and also that side of it where, like, I wouldn't be able to be on set as yeah. much. Uh, I, I just it. think, like, it would be a complete shift of sure. what I am used to. Um, I do like to have a little bit of liberty on when I take breaks, right. um, which is helpful. But I, I definitely would hop on a feature. I've, I've done shorts. Like I said, I also mm-hmm. did that TV show last year, which only sh- like it was about a five week job. Um, so it was like short term and I liked it. <laughs> it was really fun <laughs> um, to work on, even though it was like really hard because low budget. Um, but it was a really good experience. And I actually got to bond with my current assist, uh, Norma. Um, I've been working with her for, for quite a bit now and she's Mexican, uh, has Mexican background and just having her in my crew has been such an eye opener. I never really realized how much influence having someone that has like shares the same culture as you would have on like a day to day basis. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Have have you found that to be difficult in your career? The, the cultural differences? Uh, well, I I know we, we touched on this a little bit, but I, I didn't. I didn't really think much of it till I think like th- our our last presidential uh, election mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the last presidency that we had. Um, I think it opened up my eyes to a lot of things that I hadn't really thought of throughout the years. And uh, I remember I was at ISS one day and I was working with like some of the the gals that work there and help like restock and stuff mm-hmm. um one of them is mexican we was talking to her and i was uh you know telling her what i do and stuff she was just always like hi i'm so glad to see you here you're always hard like working so hard and then we were talking and i was telling her about me like coming from mexico or something and she was like wow i'm like look at you now and it it sounds weird and, and simple, but it's just something I'd never really thought of because sure. I was very privileged to be able to like move to the States and have an easy transition into like getting my citizenship. And I think in that moment I was like, wow, like, yeah, look at me. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's big. you know, it, it, and there's, I don't know many Mexicans who are in the union and the position I have right. and let alone like women <laughs> And it, it's just like it 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 really opened up my eyes to a lot of things, uh, as did working with Norma, because I had so many times like all of these thoughts that you have on a daily basis. There's just like inside jokes and little things that happen mm-hmm. that have to do with you growing up. And to be able to now say those things out loud, it's just so fun. And all we do is have a good time. So it's like yeah, you look right. forward to working with this person because you just know it's going to be a blast. Yeah. And it has made a difference. Totally. Um, but also, I don't look Mexican as per everyone's sure. like Mexican look. So uh, I don't also don't have the same experience as other people who come from my same background. Right. right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um just talking diversity now you both are on the, the diversity committee right for pmg or no i am not i'm not you are now no. 
<laughs> Check. Yeah. Well, welcome. <laughs> well, welcome. But you that are Nicole. Right? Initiation. Yes, that's brilliant. I love it. Um, well, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that from um, the PMG standpoint. Um, so, we obviously we're doing this podcast um, in honor of Pride Month, um, and so let me just talk. Uh, talk about that for a second i think there's a belief in the film industry um that it's populated by many lgbtq artists um and there's uh and that there's not much discrimination as in other industries but is that true do you guys feel that or that there's not discrimination that there's not as much as in other industries or just you know or i mean let's talk about i mean do you feel discriminated or have you felt discriminated against um in the industry uh yeah yeah. yeah, well, that, Quick yeah. you know, because yeah. I'm a, a I, you know, yes. I'm a stodgy white guy, so you know, I mean, I, I have eyes, but I, I'm not experiencing what you're experiencing. So right. I'd love to get into that a little bit. Um, it's not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I would say I don't know what it was like for you. Be- yeah, no, I was gonna know? say I think uh, like I haven't really experienced that much. It was, I mean, I and I can't imagine what it was, uh, you know, for other people before mm-hmm. me, um, but it was. A little challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, first, just being a woman, right. which we right. all have to bow down and thank Emily Ferry for <laughs> kicking down those doors. That's right, and Hope mm-hmm. Parish. Yeah. And Hope Parish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just talked to Jane Gulick yesterday. Right. Um, all these I- wonderful women who came before us, um, just for being a woman, it was a struggle for them. Um, I never, ever, ever, because no one's business, ever said I was gay i was mm-hmm. at work why sure. do people need to know yeah i know you're uh, you know like it was right. like you know it was never anything that anyone right. needed to know at all no ever. it's personal stuff unless you feel like really and you're an outsider it. yeah ex- being totally. that way you know right. you're, you know during the time of coming up um it was a bit hard because of my gender i would lose jobs to men who just literally two days ago got in the union Wow. And I had been in for right. 10 years. Right. And I had, a, my resume was huge and they, this is their first job. So I kept on losing out and I've had, and that's not a made up thing. I did have producers telling me they didn't want women working for them wow. and I would get fired Wow. Um, or I'd get demoted mm-hmm. and you know, a guy would take the place. Um, You'd get demoted. So, yeah. So they would demote me. And then, After hiring you as a prop master? And then, uh. yes. And then if I didn't have something coming up and I needed to make money, I would stay until I got another job and I would just stay as an assistant. Um, you know, and I've had those prop masters say to me, you know the only reason that you're not prop mastering this is because you don't have a dick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, thank you for admitting, like saying that. Sure. Because I, I, for me, I respect honesty. Yeah, I'd yeah, rather absolutely. honesty more than yeah. anything else. If you, right. if that's the case, just tell me. Yeah. Don't don't go around it and right. not tell me. Right. Mm-hmm. Just tell me the truth because I respect that a lot more. And so, you know, it was a bit of a, a struggle coming up. Um, and then when people would find out because I'd have friends or something like that on set and be like, how's your girlfriend doing? Mm-hmm. As soon as that word got out, right. people would sabotage all the props. What? Really? The crew members. Good God. Um, they would hide them. Uh, if I had a food scene, they would eat all the food. Oh, my God. Um, they would not ever give me any like any help whatsoever if I needed it on set of, like, I need power. You know, can you hook me up? It, no one would ever um, 
things would just, I would be sabotaged a bit. Is it, and this, well, has this been recent or? I mean, this, uh, the, I haven't had to deal with it in probably about seven years. Right. So, so there is a, a sea you know, change that's happening. Thankfully. Yes. You know, you got to think about yeah. it. Like I've been right. doing this for 20 years and for right. the past seven years, I haven't really seen it as much. Sure. Right. You know, but then you go, what are you supposed to do? And, it, you know, and I'm, I'm very thankful for my biggest cheerleader, my wife, mm-hmm. because I would not still be in this industry without her because there it, it got a little dark. I'll bet. Right. You know, and. I, this is true. When I say we, we used to live in a warehouse space and I opened and that's where I kept my kit before I got a trailer. And one day I opened up the the garage and I literally pushed my kit into the alley and I looked up and I went, please tell me I'm still supposed to be doing this or else I'm shutting this door. I just looked up at the sky. Wow. I it started am pouring. Not shitting you. <laughs> Five, I wish. Five minutes later, I got a phone call. For Spoils of Babylon, which was a period uh, comedy with all Saturday Night Live people. Oh, cool. Wow. And I took the job, and it was just reassured me I was supposed to be here. Sure. When Kristen Wiggs says to you, you are a MacGyver, in the middle of a set in front of the entire crew because you just pulled something out of your Some ass that she just... out of your ass, yep. You're supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it was, you know, we doubt ourselves so much. Um, and I didn't have a support system, really. Right. I didn't have, it was too, I'm not a competitive person in work. Right. If you play me at foosball, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and ear hockey, I'm going to kick yeah, your Mario ass. Mario Party. <laughs> nice. Anything like that, pinball, I'm, I'm on it. That's how you know you're but, East Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you play foosball. <laughs> but not, uh, not at work. And I think there were too many competitive people around me. What I had to do was I had to take the path that was right for me. And that was to um, not be around the negativity. Right. I needed to separate myself for all the people that said to me I did not deserve any of the shows I was getting, mm-hmm. that it, that they deserved them before I did. Right. And that hurts when you're hearing it from your friends mm. or your quote-unquote friends. Right. So from when you know things got dark, my wife helped me see the more positive way of looking at things and that I had to take the path of positivity instead of neg- negativity. Right. Yeah. I right. didn't want the competition. I don't like that shit. I just need to keep my head down, my mouth shut, and work my ass off. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And That's... meet the right people. Surround myself with there the people go. that are going to help bring us up instead of down. Yeah. yeah. You got to find know? a better circle and That's stuff like beautiful. that. Yeah. You That's, do. It's you important. Know? And it's like what we, I mean, yeah. she saw me on a Zoom. Mel saw me on a Zoom. And the, well, I do have to say the funniest part of that damn story, which she did not mention, <laughs> was as after I Zoomed with her, I got off the phone, I called Jamie, I called Melissa McSorley. I go, guys, we gotta help this girl out. <laughs> I'm like, there's something about her. There's, there's, she's got heart, she's got passion, she's got drive. There's something about her. We did not meet in person until this past year. Yeah. <laughs> and Jamie Connolly thought we had been friends for years. And he's like, did you send me someone you didn't actually meet in person? I was like, didn't actually work with her before? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm like, but it worked out, right? He goes, 
yeah, you're a good picker. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but also, he did the same thing. I'm like, you're such a Jamie yes. started recommending me to jobs without See? having ever worked with me. And, you know, everything worked out. <laughs> but it is the whole thing of, like, going back yeah. to bringing each other up instead of yeah. down. We have to support yeah. each other. Yes. There is not a competition. We all are there. We're here. And that's what's important about the PMG as well. Totally. Is we're here as a community to help yes. each other be the best we could possibly be in any, together yeah yes. right mm-hmm. help and each other with resources and everything mm-hmm. why this guild is so important yeah. because it's given me something i didn't have coming up it yes. gave, it's giving me a community you know and my brother chris call i mean who doesn't yeah. want that as a brother yeah. I mean, come on yeah i know <laughs> thanks you know? I, mean, I yeah. didn't i didn't really know any prop masters before until now the yeah until and now. that's why this is so important and with the with and diversity it's like we need right. to speak to different groups of people because they may not know that this is an actual career path absolutely yeah. to have fun every day is right. an actual career path right yeah. and you, the experience that you had say six years ago or whatever or the experience that hope had um you know or emily when they were coming up i have a tendency to feel that that might still be happening in other markets around this country True. oh definitely okay, yes. because yeah. this is los angeles and everything is you know a lot more progressive here so i just want to say you know that if you're in another market and you're feeling any of this you know the pmg is here to help you in the diversity committee as well you know so just reach out to us you know because we we are all here to help each other okay and you've paved a path okay you're you're the work that you've done and the perseverance that you've had in your career has helped mel have an easier time yeah as a newer generation so and i think i think that's that would be my goal as a part of this pmg is i believe that people should go through their own struggles i just don't want them to go through mine yeah. and yeah. if i can or be alone a, yeah or yeah. alone and if i can help in any way even if it's like just a phone call or a co- cup of coffee and you just want to vent and talk I think that's where I am with the PMG is let me help you. Yep. Yeah. Don't go through the same shit. Yeah. Your situation is tough too, because I mean, coming out of that, it's not like, it's not like all of us, we started like, Oh, you may forget a prop in the beginning or you're still like polishing up how to do the job and stuff like that. It's like, you can beat yourself up and get berated for not doing good at your job, but they're going after your being. Yeah. Like it had nothing to do with any of that. Right. And that yeah. really, but I think I as soon see, as I figured it out, yeah. that it wasn't me. No. It wasn't my work. No, your work right. was fantastic. My work yeah. <laughs> right. It was me as a human. I went, oh, that's their problem. Exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. there, there's no chip on this shoulder. Yeah. I filled in that chip sure. because now I figured this this out. Yeah, you guys do you, you. I'll be over that's here. That's you. <laughs> you go over there. I'm fine over here. <laughs> yes, I'm happy. I'm funny. And I'm going to help people the rest of my fucking life. Yeah, there yeah. you go, sister. I love <laughs> now, that. I do have to say, um, on on the queer note, I mm-hmm. have not gotten any anything uh, throughout my time, like in the union or, sure. you know. But... As a woman, that's a very different story. Right. And as a very young-looking woman, right. very different story. Um, I was lucky to have graduated from Otis because that I feel like I have used that as like a card that I've had where I can pull out and be like, I have experience. I have done all of these things, and I know what I'm talking about. But I've had many times when people like second-guess me or don't listen to me or are trying to do things unsafely. And I'm like... like it, it it's been it's been a journey to gain the confidence to be able to stand up uh to people to be like no like i know what i'm talking about and i'm experienced and uh you know to be able to have them to listen to me yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah 
Well, and again, I Maybe. think, you know, like you said, um, it, I think that we recognize a, a gene that we all have in this business. And, you know, like you say, you know, Jamie says, oh, you never worked with her. You never met her. It's like, <laughs> well, no, but I had a conversation, you know. And again, I think it's it, it, something that just keeps coming up for me that, you know, that th- there is this gene that we have, who will, you know, for prop masters that do this. And uh, I think that it's important that we just keep putting each other up and ourselves up, you know, and especially you guys, you know, who have to deal with this kind of oppression. It's bullshit. And, you know, to me, it just like raises the hair on the back of my neck, you know, I mean, and I God bless you, Nicole, for just taking the high road and, you know, and saying and, and not even letting it touch you, you know, and to and just, you know, take a different have a different perspective about it. And, and to not let it get under your skin and discourage you, because that's the mm-hmm. thing, you know, that's the thing that bothers me is to think that any young person, any young woman would have to feel discouraged by doing the best job that they can and it not being enough. Well, and just for people to also hear that when you're feeling at your lowest to just hold on to those people that help you rise to be able to do what you love and continue doing what you love right. because then you're here and you're nailing it <laughs> i hope so i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to continue Darling, doing that you, you know? are yeah okay. you are yeah well we're gonna have <laughs> we that. Well, <laughs> well we're gonna do another one of our podcasts that we're gonna do we talked about is about uh, um the art of uh show and tells Oh. oh yeah, yeah, and you're going to be part of that. She's Nicole, an expert because again, <laughs> you know, the the Nicole Ruby show and tell is something to behold. I um, love a show and tell. Yes, <laughs> that's sh- what they're going to put on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> the best shower in town. Right, it's going to be the best tombstone you've ever seen, too. No doubt. Um, so, is there anything more that you guys want to say, or that? you feel that needs to be said or that you or advice you want to give to anybody out there? I, mean, I don't know. You, you guys have been so eloquent about it already. And I really appreciate you coming out. No, we appreciate being here and, um, definitely highlighting for June month, pride month and all our community out there who may be struggling right now that this is a path and, you can have fun at work and get paid and get insurance by doing this job and have mm-hmm. a ho- your own community to help you, um, you know. Do your thing and find your passion. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I guess I just want people to understand what we do. And if they don't know it's a path, it is one. Um, and that we're here for them. And that the PMG is really important and really, you know, trying to, to make, this true of showing everybody that we are a community we are here to help each other and i hope that we can um we'll get more members and and more people interested in what we do um by the events we're going to be having you right. know in the next month so um even if you just want to come out and you know yeah bullshit with yeah. us talk with us <laughs> ask us questions I've... you know or just vent just come by and mm-hmm. vent and meet us because actually there's a lot of us who are awkward and introverts and I am one of them. Um, and I have a blast at these things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Mel could say the same thing. You're yeah. awkward and introvert and we're yes. here at this podcast. There you so, go. And yeah. we're here together to support each other and uh, yeah. make it comfortable. You guys both have made it really easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still yeah, it's a lot of fun. No, you, yeah. you guys are easy to talk to. And I think that's a big thing that we've been trying to say is like, there's so many prop masters. I mean, probably even listening to this that are not part of the PMG and they, and have enjoyed it. It's like, we're going to keep 
putting these events together uh and whether you're a member or not we're gonna keep inviting you guys yeah. so right. uh and keep coming out you don't have to be a member we're you're still our brothers and sisters and we want you to be hanging out with us we want you to still be in our circles we want you to join for sure yeah. but yeah you can hesitate all you want we're just gonna keep <laughs> including <laughs> you guys and, and just to add to that you don't have to be part of a union to become a PMG member. Right, so correct. please submit, you know, yep. your resumes and your letters and, and join us. Yeah. Come hang Absolutely. out and be part of our, <laughs> be part of our cool little party that we're put together. It's just, it's just, we're the most, we're the, Department with, has the most fun in film. That's others too. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Everyone hangs out. I know at the everybody prop should just be part of it. Come on. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know all the prop masters. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, speaking of the of the events, uh, I think we should talk about a couple that we do have coming up. Yes. Um, one of them being, um, let's see, the Property Master Guild, in partnership with Independent Studio Services, is hosting Props to Queens, um, which is a fundraise. We have. T- Probably two of them. There's going to be two of them. We're working out details on one of them right now. But there are events coming in June. So I think like by next week uh, or by the time this one comes out or this week, um, I'll give specific dates. Uh, We're going to be raising funds for ACLU's Drag Defense Fund. So on June 10th, as a kickoff to Pride Weekend, you can join us at Angelino Wine Company and... Uh, that's for food. There's going to be wine there. There's going to be a drag photo booth, uh, raffles, and a bunch more. Um, we're also going to have another event on June 16th. As of right now, it's going to be at the Grant. I'll change this if it's not. <laughs> but as of right now, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be at the Grant. Um, so you can join us there. There'll be cocktails, hot dogs, the photo booth also, and probably a raffle there also. Um, for more info on that, you can go to propertymastersguild.org. Um, we also have an event, uh, the PMG On Tap, which is just going to be a casual get-together for um, all prop masters and stuff. Uh, anybody's really invited to this. This is going to be after the local 44 meeting on June 4th. So, yeah, come out that Sunday. We'll be there at 12.30 p.m. I didn't say where, did I? No. Nope. What is that going to be? <laughs> the Merchant, Thirsty Merchant? The Thirsty Merchant. There we nice. go. So, yeah, come join us there, and we'll all hang out and have a drink together. Yeah. Yeah, does anybody have anything else to add? I think mm-hmm. we're good no. for now. All right. Thank you again <laughs> for coming out, everybody. Yeah, and, and thank, thank you. you. Thank you to all our listeners, uh, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Prop Talk, the official prop podcast of the Property Masters Guild. Um, brought to you by Real Working and Retired Prop Masters. If this is your first time listening, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment, do all this stuff wherever you're hearing this. It really helps us. If you want to know more information on the Property Masters Guild um, or have any questions for us here at Prop Talk, uh, be sure to go over to propertymastersguild.org um, or mess- you can email us at info at propertymastersguild.org. Make sure to follow all the socials. You can find us at Instagram at underscore the PMG and all the other socials. Just look up Property Masters Guild. Um, Till next episode. See ya. (laughs)